Hello and welcome to another episode of Here to Edify. I just want to take the time to really thank everyone that has listened from episode one or even those that just popped in to listen to just different episodes along the way. I am officially uh, recording the season finale, season one. Like I, this is it (laughs) for this season. I'm coming back for season two, Lord willing. But this is it and this is a huge accomplishment. I don't think that I had the end in mind. I didn't have uh, this in mind when I started. I was really just like, oh, I've been thinking about this for so long. I need to just start. And so I did. And it has been bumpy. It's been rocky. It's been stressful in moments. But it's also been overwhelmingly um, just encouraging and beneficial. I have learned a lot. I love talking to people like I love conversation and being able to have that almost weekly for the past three months has yeah it's really been rewarding and so I'm super thankful for that um so I just wanted to come uh on for this last episode and maybe reveal just a little bit more of who I am who this this voice is who Astrid is like behind being an interviewer um But then also maybe to just share a little bit of this journey, to share a little bit of the fact that this has been a struggle, but a beautiful struggle nonetheless. And so to come to this point, I feel extremely accomplished um, because it hasn't been easy. And I think when things aren't easy, when they don't come easy, you appreciate them more. which I think is just kind of like how life goes, you know, things that, that you really have to work for, you appreciate them 10 times more than the things that are just handed and given. This uh, podcast is an endeavor of podcast production. It's an endeavor of entrepreneurship. It's an endeavor of um, honestly, just like believing in myself. I believe that I am a leader, like I am someone that uh, can go out and do it. But I have also realized that over the years with age has also brought about a lot of fear. And um, I really do believe that some of that is just spiritual warfare. Um, I remember just growing up and really not being fearful, really just kind of uh, easily being able to like, hey, I want to do this. I'm going to run after it and do it. But that has not necessarily been the case for the past few years of my life. Um, But that has also just taught me a just a strong lesson in endurance, a strong lesson in um, just like, well, well, what is the driving force behind something when, again, it doesn't come easy, like it doesn't come like, oh, I've got this. I'm not worried. What do you do when you're worried? But um but you know that this is something that could be super, super beneficial to both yourself and those that uh, take part. And so this uh, this past season of life, which I would kind of culminate as, you know, maybe the past two to three years has really, yeah, just been a lesson in what do you really believe, honestly, about God? Um, 
what do you truly believe he believes about you or has said about you? And I think for me, it's just been the overwhelming question of why? Like, why do you do what you do? Why do you get up each day? Um, And there are moments where that question has left me depressed uh, because I've been like, yeah, why? Why do I do this? Um, And then there have been moments where that question has left me, um, has spurred me on because it's like, why? Like I, I want to glorify God. And so I'm going to push forward. Um, so anyways, I'm, I feel like I'm doing a lot of broad talking over. And so what I want to do is just zoom in a little and just talk a little bit about, uh, my life, things that I've been learning, but hopefully in a way that, uh, really inspires. And, um, yeah, so let's jump in. going to start from uh, just who I've always been and who the Lord is shaping me into being. I want to make it a point to say like I have not arrived anywhere (laughs) Um, and that is huge because I am someone that has always pushed forward to arrival like I've pushed forward to the destination because I want to have arrived um But all of those seemingly cliche sayings um, or understandings of life, I'm coming to the point of realizing like it's so true. It is not the arrival. It is not the destination, but rather the journey that is the most beneficial where you learn the most and where you grow the most. And so I, yeah, I just want to tell you all a little bit about my journey. So I have always been this uh, person that really uh, being black, being successful, being respected have been huge driving forces in my life. So I went to school because I wanted to, but I also went to school because I wanted to be a black woman with a degree. I went to grad school because I wanted to be a black woman with two degrees. I didn't get my PhD because I um, (laughs) decided I didn't want to be a completely like broke in debt black woman. But I mean, hey, Lord, if you present the door, you know, for me to get my PhD, I'm here for it. But (laughs) anyways, all that to say, yes, my driving force was always like, nah, I want to be I want to be like a respectable black woman. Um, And nothing's wrong with that in nature, like just the nature of that. Nothing's wrong with that at all. But when Uh, both my blackness and success becomes the soul of my identity. Um, That is where there's issue. Um, So I don't think, again, I realized that that was an issue until it became heavy, until it became something that I was struggling to uphold. Um, Majority of my community 
growing up in, in, in high school and, and the such, even in college to a large extent, were multiracial, but largely of color spaces. And so trying to be a, uh, a, a well-rounded, successful person of color, black woman was not that heavy. But when I walked into grad school, um, that space opened the door. It brought me into a space where I was no longer a majority in my spaces, or I didn't feel like that. I didn't feel like people of color were my majority. I, I grew up in very multicultural spaces um, and, and, you know, have had friends of every ethnicity. But going to grad school, uh, I... I worked, uh, interned at CNN, and I had an amazing experience there. I genuinely did. But I was exposed to just corporate America. I was exposed to the fact that being black, being a person of color, um, I was, in fact, a minority in those spaces. And it, it was different, and it was not largely comfortable. And so... That is when my my blackness, um, my achievement or, or, or striving to achieve this exponentially high level of success became heavy. Um, yeah, it, I don't have any other word to explain it than to say like it was it was my time in grad school where it just became heavier because I got the first taste of um, me being a little harder to swallow because of the skin that I'm in um, by certain individuals. Um, I just got a crash course in, uh, yeah, it's, it's like when you, you grow up in a home and everyone is kind of similar to you or, or you all have your rhythm and your rhyme and then you step outside of the home and it's just like, oh, I mean, people told me it was like this out here, but it's different to experience it. And so again, I should say, I enjoyed my time at CNN. I, I even to to some extent enjoyed my time in grad school and, and all that that offered. But I was exposed to um, the larger, I guess, uh, white culture. And I and I and I say that I say that as as yes, as white culture, not white people. But uh, seeing that in a larger way that like, oh, this this is dominant Um and yes, you know, I, I was not completely naive. Like I, I know, I, I knew, you know, my history. I, I knew that like, you know, white culture is, is predominant, but it, it really became a tangible thing um, for me on the streets of, of New York. And so the reason why I'm saying all of this is just to say that there was a bit of like, all right, what, what, what are we doing? Why? So that that question coming in of why, uh, why am I doing what I'm doing? Because it's just it's heavy. You know, my blackness is heavy. Like I realized I can't represent the black woman next to me, the black woman um, before me, behind me, the black man beside me. And so I think, yeah, the heaviness was that pressure of. Um, yeah, I don't represent all black people, but. Even with that realization, no, I did not have the wherewithal to um, to think through like, oh, well, well, yeah, like that's 
yeah, like, what are you going to do with that? It was just kind of like uh, slightly acknowledging, but then I'm still pushing, you know, I'm still pushing. I also realized in the middle of grad school that um, I was not really in love with um, this idea of, of working in news, but uh, I think which really speaks to where my mindset was. I was like, mm, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to finish this. Like what I'm not going to do is be a dropout. What I'm not going to do is not walk away from this situation with a master's degree. And again, nothing's wrong with that, but it does speak to just where my thought process was. It was, I look, you know, I'm, I'm working at CNN, like that's huge. And so I'm going to like, you know, like be really excited about this huge accomplishment. I'm at NYU. Like I'm going to be excited about this huge accomplishment. Um, And these things were great. They were accomplishments, but they were heavy because I'm sitting in it and I'm realizing it's very regular. It's very normal. Um, It's uh, this this quote unquote arriving. uh, It doesn't come with much other than arrival, you know. So, yes, I was at this prestigious New York University but I went to school every day and I came back home every day and I, I uh, sat in class and um, it was something that I am thankful for. So I don't want to negate that, but I do also want to speak to the mundaneness of it. Like it was a school. It was desks and chairs and people that were no better or worse than the person that is going to a public university or a um, lesser known university it was very regular. Um, and so again, just realizing, oh, oh, wow. Like I, I thought that this would be a rival, but it is very normal. Um, and the same for CNN. I uh, one day uh, got in the elevator with Anderson Cooper and obviously, you know, I'm, I'm no one to him. Uh, I'm just someone else on the elevator. And I remember looking at him with no makeup, with his regular, honestly, they were like dad, uh, New Balance. They were like the the ones that, yeah, you probably won't be caught wearing. Um, and again, just the regularness of it. And I wasn't let down or, or discouraged or, or felt crushed. It was just like, wow, he's normal. Like he he's normal. And he just comes into work and then, the lights turn on, the makeup goes on. And, and um, but other than that, when everything turns off, he's normal. Uh, standing behind the scenes and seeing Wolf Blitzer yell at the camera, um, whatever news he was covering for the night, uh, normal. Um, having Van Jones wave to me and literally turning around and going, wait, me? And waving back was amazing experience but just like they're normal. And so New York grad school, I'm actually really, (laughs) I guess coming to this realization, even as I'm talking, was a lesson in all of those things that you associate with arrival, that you associate with success are normal and they are regular. And even more so if you do not have a why. So there's that <laughs> there, there was me coming into this new space in life um, and kind of struggling with the reality of it. 
the reality that I was not expecting because that's not the reality that I had been fed. Next, there comes uh, me in my New Jersey apartment reading a book. Uh, Honestly, I can't even remember the name of it, but realizing that I had wrapped all of my purpose, all of my value, all of anything in me that was worth anything. Um, I had wrapped it and entangled it in my blackness, in the color of my skin, something that it's exterior. It's exterior. I, I just happened to be brown skin, but that, that is exterior. And I had wrapped everything that was worthwhile about me. I had entangled it with my blackness. And I remember coming to the thought of, man, if my blackness was no longer a thing, does that mean that I then am no longer of any value? And I should say again, these were fleeting thoughts that I didn't have answers to and I didn't sit with them long because they were just too big. <laughs> so I, I, I accepted them as thoughts or many revelations, but I did not, uh, I, yeah, I accepted them for what they were. I did not go deeper into it because it was, it was heavy. And like I said, it was just a time of, of a lot of things that I had thought being dispelled and therefore it being heavy. And when something's heavy, you know, you, you don't want to, you want to think about the next thing you want to think about like, okay, how long do I have to take until I can drop off this weight? You know, you're not, you're not sitting with it thinking about like, this feels like 10 pounds, you know, right here on my left shoulder and in 20 on my right. Like, no, I, I just wanted to whatever distraction I could use to be able to just reach the goal. And so I did. I completed my last assignment. I packed up my apartment. My mom and my sister and my cousin, forever grateful for them. They packed me up and we drove home uh, back to Virginia where I was born and raised (laughs) right outside of D.C. They brought me home and um, I was convinced that even though I had learned a lot about life, a crash course in life um, during my time in New York. I was still convinced that um, I could still arrive. I could still make things happen the way I wanted to. Um, But one thing that was very apparent is I came oh so confident in this is who I want to be. This is what um, I want uh, my life to look like. And this is how I will make it look like this. That's how I came. And I left um, with just this strong feeling of, man, I don't know anymore. I don't know. But since I have held on so long to this dream of arriving, I am not going to completely let it go. So I told everyone, I am going to be at home for a month And then I'm going to move to Atlanta because that's where black people were. That's where um, it was down south. I was like, oh, okay." in my head, that's another place where I can I can arrive there. I wasn't able to arrive in New York City, um, but I can arrive and be comfortable. 
Um, so, so I should say that, um, I, I could arrive in New York city, but would I be comfortable? And I just realized that was not the city that um, brought me comfort. Um, so my next sites were Atlanta. And as I said, I told everyone I'm going to be at home for a month and then I'm going to go to Atlanta and I'm going to live my life and I'm going to, um, I'm going to arrive. I'm going to be successful. And long story short, I was at home for six months and I did not go to Atlanta. Um, yeah, it, it didn't work that way. And I was, I was hurt. I was broken. I, yeah, it was just like, what in the world? What is going on? Uh, why is everything that I was able to work for, work towards before, just really crumbling? And I ended up getting a, uh, I, I applied actually to a position in North Carolina because I went to school in North Carolina. So I felt if not Atlanta, North Carolina is a state where I could maybe feel comfortable because that is where I went to undergrad. Um, so I applied to um, a news position there and it was like in Asheville or something. It was somewhere like small that I had never been. Um, but again, I was like, nah, I can do this. At least I know North Carolina and at least I know people in North Carolina. So I ended up getting a call that actually instead of um, Asheville, they were they told me we have the same company, but a different position in Louisville, Kentucky. And if you're open, we can put you in contact, you can interview and um, yeah, see if you get that position. So I did. I interviewed for that position. I got <laughs> that position and decided, you know what? I'm going to go to Louisville, Kentucky. I have never been there. I have never even thought of Louisville. Literally, the only thing I know about Louisville is Carrie Underwood's song <laughs> where she men mentions the Louisville slugger. Um, and so, yeah, I had no, uh, yeah, I had, it didn't even have like, oh, I could imagine it would be like this. No, I think Kentucky was the equivalent of Kansas. It was a, a space on the map <laughs> that yeah well it meant nothing beyond that but I was willing to go there because I was like hey I'm, I'm young I don't have any other responsibilities I can go here I can um you know put in my time and stay here for maybe a year or two and then I can leave and I have the freedom to go wherever and so I again packed up my bags and this time with my mom and my brother I drove out to Louisville, Kentucky. And I had my first big girl job in my first official big girl apartment. Um, yeah, it was, it was a whirlwind of getting everything I prayed for almost. And realizing that some of the things that I asked for I didn't really want and some of the things that I said I wanted but wasn't really focusing on I needed Louisville was immense growth for me it was 
the Lord taking that realization that was a fleeting thought in New York City of man arriving is not all it's cracked up to be. And really sitting me down with the question of why. Why do I do what I do? Why do I believe what I believe? Um, and really, what do I want my life to look like? And I am going to leave it there for this time. Uh, and I'll finish at the start of season two. Um, but out of this half of the story that I hope uh, makes sense, that I hope uh, resonates with people is that if you let it, a rival will look very different. If you let it, success will look very different. If you let it, identity will look very different. And the main factor in all of this, if you let it, is if you let God. If you let him have his way, if you listen, success, arrival, identity, all of these things, they shatter the definition that we grow up with. They shatter the definition of, um, yeah, what what um, Webster will, has put forth, what the world has put forth. And I didn't realize, but for my year and a half of grad school, I was actually experiencing the very beginning of my shattering of these ideals, these things that I had held so dear. And man, can I just say that like, it's a beautiful thing. It's hard and Yes, I know, again, using the word, but it's heavy. But it, it's a beautiful thing as I look back. It didn't feel that way in the moment, but it feels that way now. I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, and it didn't make sense then, but it makes sense now. And so I'm glad I kept walking and kept pushing so that even now that makes sense in a way it didn't then. Which leads me to believe and know that there are things happening now in my life that don't make sense to me now, but they will later. And so I want to tell you all about um, how the shattering became a breaking in Louisville, but that will be at the start of season two. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone that has come and listened week in and week out. Uh, to all of my guests that came on, you all took a chance on me. And so I am forever indebted and forever grateful for that. So thank you. As always, I ask that you like, subscribe, and share this podcast with someone you love. And as always, I hope to catch you listening next time. <laughs>